everyone, and welcome to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the fans of the show Scarecrow and Mrs. King. My name is Jen Peterson, and myself, along with friends Lexi Fema, Taya Johnston, and Miranda Thomas, will be talking about episode 15, The Mole. After we chat about the guest stars and all the wonderful episode details, we'll be recommending fan fiction and music videos that we think go along with it. So here is the down low on this episode. The director was Russ Mayberry. The writer was Cliff Gould. And this one aired on February the 13th, 1984, three years prior to the anniversary of Mr. and Mrs. Lee Stetson. The guest stars that are on this episode, a few of them were pretty interesting to me. One is James Sato, who plays Go. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So like my childhood, I saw him quite a bit because of I have a little brother. He was also in the movie Pearl Harbor. He was in the Thomas Crown Affair. Actually, he's been in a lot more movies than he has been in television, although he was in Eli Stone, which is one of my favorite TV shows that got canceled way too early. He played the doctor, Asian doctor who did the acupuncture. So if you've ever seen that movie, that is the same guy. Other actors in this one that guest starred, John Anderson. He was in a ton of stuff, most notably Psycho, which since we had that conversation a little while back about the shower curtains, I thought that was funny. Oh, he played Humbug. Sorry. He was in Psycho. He was the used car salesman. He was also, he, he worked all the way up until his death in 1992. He was in Jake and the Fat Man too. And Quantum Leap. Things that I love. The actor that played David Benson, Robert Desiderio. He was in, most notably in Knott's Landing. He was a regular in Knott's Landing. He also was in a few episodes of Cheers, Murder, She Wrote. All the way up until The Sopranos. He played Jack Masserone in The Sopranos. He's still been in a few things sporadically since then, but nothing since 2014. In Silence of Adultery, he was her lover. Oh. Yeah. So really? they totally... I, have that, but I haven't watched it yet. They totally, like, eat each other's faces off in that movie. <laughs> well, I... When was that... When was that out? That was... That was in the 90s, early 90s. I was going to say... I think 95... I think 95. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yep. I'm going to have to watch that now. It's a good one. Lexi Lexi and I watched that one. Yeah. I like that one. I mean, her husband was way more attractive than, what's his name? Robert Desiderio. Yeah, that. Oh, David Benson. Yeah, he's not cute. Her husband in the Silence of Adultery is like, <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking. I, I disagree on that one, of course. <laughs> well, it would I don't be think a- either one of them are great, but I don't think the other, I don't think her husband in that movie was great. But wasn't he like um, attractive in a different way because he could kind of relate to her? I've, I've seen parts of it. Like, it seemed like she got something from him that she wasn't getting from her husband in terms of right. that, like a connection. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because her husband was kind of like uh, off, so busy, like enthralled in work. Yeah. You know, he's an architect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Workaholic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of dismissing her work that she did uh, with horses and autistic kids. Yeah. It was a good movie. I like that movie. That's one of my go-tos when I'm sick. Like laying in bed. I haven't bed. watched the whole thing through and now I'm going to have to. Oh, you totally yeah. have to. It's, it's a good one. It's worth watching for it's, sure. It's a good for one. Sure. But yeah, they yep. totally kiss face like the whole time. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like one of those guys where they kiss you and they like eat your whole face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> in this one, Blue Leader was Byron Morrow. 
instead of Myron Netwick. So Blue Leader was Byron Morrow, and he was in a ton of stuff, most notably Star Trek, the original Star Trek. And actually, Alex Rodin, he plays Victor in this episode. He also plays Dr. Zanislav in One Bear Dances, One Bear Doesn't in season three. Ah. So he returns. It's just for a short little, you know, yeah, quick little part. bit. Yeah. yeah, it's just a bit part. But There is a mole inside the agency. Someone is risking the lives of his or her fellow agents in order to capitalize on selling secrets to the Russians. Dun, dun, dun. Lee is assigned to investigate, much to his chagrin, but he'll need some help. So, of course, who does he call but Amanda King? Of course, it's nighttime in D.C. And it looks like we're in the middle of a sting that's going on, and all the agency vehicles are rushing to this kind of nondescript building in the dark. Inside the building are two big guys, and they're playing chess, and then an older gentleman rushes in in a trench coat, and starts pulling up documents and starts handing them off to the other guys, wanting them to throw them into the burner, I guess. Uh, to the, yeah, get rid of them. Yeah. And then he, he takes what looks like like a electronics, some tape or tapes or something, and throws it in there so that it gets melted down so that if they are caught, then no one's going to get the information from them. And then they rush off. As I was watching it, I couldn't understand what he kept saying. Like, he, when he was, his accent, when he was saying papers, like it sounded like cables. And no, <laughs> was it, was, to, it, like, it is cables, actually. I thought it was papers. He well, burn the, the script, code and then the papers. The um, script says cables because oh. cables were diplomatic messages between countries that you would intercept. Oh, so it was cables. I, I think it was. <laughs> okay. Like I, I'm watching it and I had to rewind it because I'm like, what did he just say? He <laughs> yeah, he was hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. always nice to have a burner right there in your penthouse yeah. suite. Like house. a furnace so like, thing going. Case, yeah. Like I'm going to burn some stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, just in case, uh, you know, the U.S. government uh, decides to raid you, you want to have that available, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I need to go buy them. You got to call a contractor. Says I need a document uh, destroyer <laughs> in my penthouse. A shredder's not good enough. We got to yeah, burn that sucker down. Now you just throw like your uh, hard drives in the microwave and you know set them to high, and then that, yeah, then you're right. good. <laughs> so now the agents are scrambling out of the vehicles and they're rushing uh, up into the building, and but the um, victor who we find out later is victor and one of the other goons takes off before the the agents even get there so they are only going to find this one agent um, burning all this stuff and then it'll be useless really for this episode the mole we're fortunate to have a first draft version of the script it was actually created or ready to go i should say on january 2nd 1984 so there are quite a few changes and differences between the actual episode and the script itself so one thing that when i was going through it i thought was kind of funny they give francine specific directions to gallop after lee when they're entering the uh the (laughs) the place that they're running into so her her strange run that she kind of does there it's in the script you know <laughs> in her <laughs> high heel boots yeah. she yeah. does in her high heel boots yep yep so she's just following following Cliff's vision there <laughs> yeah right. that's so funny <laughs> I must gallop what is the purpose of that <laughs> I don't know Truthfully, I don't know but there are some interesting <laughs> descriptions in the script about how, how they direct people to act like, yeah yep like I think later they describe something as like bitchy. <laughs> 
in the script they say the bit Monica when they talk about Monica Benson, which we have. I guess I didn't even. They call her like. I didn't yeah, even resonate it. I didn't even. Yeah, I'll have to find, yeah, I'm like, geez. They wouldn't do that in the script feel. now. That was a script in the '80s. A script yeah. in 2016 wouldn't yeah. say act bitchy. I haven't seen that before. I wonder if that's this writer's style. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen those type of descriptions in the previous scripts. Probably. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> It says, Monica's pretty, slightly hard-edged, bitchily direct. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been called bitchily direct, probably. Not in those terms, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it does say it. Okay, so in the the other script, the final draft from January 17th of 84, uh, the second copy we have, a second edition, it says, she waits, gnaws momentarily at her lower lip, recoils only slightly as a door whips open, discloses a woman about her own age, Monica Benson. Monica is pretty, slightly hard-edged, bitchily direct. She wears tennis clothing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's yeah, so funny. There's some good descriptions in here. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that style. It must be yeah. Cliff. He must have a little edge to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, so it paints the right picture, right? Yeah, for sure. And she definitely followed uh, the uh, descriptions of how she should Heck act. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she was totally that way. Okay, so getting back to the scene. So we have Scarecrow and Nightlight, which that's an interesting uh, code name. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. how we got that one, Nightlight. So that's David Benson. And they're like, it looks like a, a bad uh, intro to some, uh, it looks like an intro to some bad 80s show. Like they like kick the door in, you know, at the same time, they're like looking at each other like, you ready? Yeah. And then they like kick the door in and go in. But do you know how to say freeze in Bulgarian? Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently not. They know how to say a lot of other things in Bulgarian. I was going to say, he <laughs> shot at a lot of Bulgarian. Yeah. It's like He slammed through the door. Mm-hmm. You can't say freeze? When they do do that, we actually have Emma who helped us out here because she has a sister and brother-in-law that are fluent in Bulgarian because who doesn't need that all the time? Right. She said that she heard back from them and they're saying that it would be stoy or something else that I have no idea how it would even be pronounced. So we'll just say it was stoy <laughs> is what you need to say when uh, it's to say freeze in Bulgarian. Hmm. Apparently they were saying, so like, thanks, Emma. don't, we said, don't try it. And David said, bad idea, bud, in Bulgarian. I don't, but he can't say freeze. <laughs> That's what the script says that they're saying. Oh, okay. Well, when he comes in, of course, David then shoots the guy and kills him. And then, and then Scarecrow says, That's the wrong guy, Davy. So obviously they're close if he calls him Davy. Yeah. But he was still drawing a gun on him, so he still had to shoot him. Yeah, but he was the wrong guy. So they, he, I think Scarecrow was saying, like, wing the guy, don't like kill him, you know, because now you're not going to get any information out of him. Right. He said, That's not Victor. So if it was Victor, was she supposed to shoot him dead? I guess. I don't, it seems like it, right? <laughs> so then they're all coming out. So it's Francine, Agent Go, and Agent Nightlight, and Scarecrow. And Scarecrow's pissed because he's saying, They're like, Hey, this happens. And he's like, Not in our section. And then he gets in the car and he, he like totally grimaces because I think he hurt himself when he got in that little bitty car. <laughs> Did you guys see that? He like totally like, mm-hmm. like it really pained him to get in that little car. Probably did. Yeah, probably did. Then he's listening to the radio and then all of a sudden we hear this voice come over, which we now find out it's Blue Leader. 
And Lexi, you pointed out something interesting on that. Yes. So in this part of the first draft of the script, they actually go through a little bit of uh, an authentication process to make sure that Blue Leader actually has Lee and that Lee knows that he's talking to uh, Blue Leader. So Blue Leader says, shall we begin with Morocco, 1981? And Lee's Lee says slowly, Morocco. And Blue Leader goes, of course, Scarecrow, Morocco. And that wonderfully attractive young woman agent, (laughs) British MI6. Her name, I see, was Elspeth. And (laughs) it says Lee's expression tells us that he does indeed remember Elspeth. He smiles. Anyway, it's just a really cute scene. And then they kind of talk a little bit more. And then uh, Blue Leader kind of outs the fact that Elspeth was married. And so I wrote down, I wrote, oh, my God, he has a pattern and a type, you know, tall, (laughs) thin, married women. It just seems to be kind of, you know, his thing. And uh, I think they mentioned that she was brunette or something like that, too. Oh, snap. Maybe. Maybe they didn't. Maybe I just was seeing like Eva in it because she's been dominating our conversation on the the social media stuff as of late. (laughs) But anyway, that was a cute little script difference that wasn't obviously in the final episode. The other thing, the other question that I had was, so obviously if it's radio frequency, he's just coming through the radio and the car radio wouldn't have the two-way talking capability you know if it's just through a car radio so would they have had like a walkie-talkie that they just didn't talk about in the episode or you know you think lee would have found that and if it's in his own car you know not kept it in there necessarily so when we when taya and i were watching it um looking for doodle bugs and yellow flowers the other day it was just kind of something that popped into my head because obviously now if you try and talk to your to your radio it won't work unless you have like bluetooth or something like that but back then that's not what they had so yeah i always thought it was supposed to just be part of the mystery and the mm-hmm. like in the end especially when he tells a man <laughs> yeah. he usually just points at the steering wheel because he has no idea like yeah this mysterious blue leader has these powers of right spy but how could they hear his devices response, like what he was saying well that's what i mean something in the car they'd have to have yeah. his vehicle wired is what yeah. i was thinking but yeah it i is would think that that would make scarecrow pretty uncomfortable <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> knowing that number one his car is wired and two that it can be wired at any point for any reason you know i'd probably look into getting a new vehicle maybe not one so easily identifiable as his or something right, like that right that's funny i wonder if they like bug all their agents cars yeah <laughs> even the station <laughs> wagon oh <laughs> Lee's like trying to scramble to figure out how he's hearing Blue Leader and then he kind of gets over it and Blue Leader says Scarecrow again for the third time a man comes in and out of this country illegally seemingly at will the first time we missed him he was leaving with Godiva papers and then last year when he got by us again it was with the Danzig formula the man is peril to national security you realize that he gives his best information directly to Politburo yes sir but nailing him is like trying to catch a handful of smoke. Scarecrow, what we have here is not a series of accidents. We have a traitor, a mole. Lee's eyes get like all, ooh. More specifically, you must find that person. Pardon me, sir, but I think short-circuiting Billy Melrose would be, and then he gets cut off, let me make it clear. Everyone in field section is suspect. Uh Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. So now (laughs) poor Lee has just been suckered into being the mole for all of his friends and his boss yeah and then he's like excuse me but internal investigation is just not my thing it's precisely your thing (laughs) and i have to point out blue leader's got some 
big, big eyebrows. Yeah, I was going to mention that. (laughs) They are so furry. (laughs) They're like coming out of the shadows. Like. Mm -hmm. It's got a strong silhouette. Yeah, they're like big caterpillars laying over his eyebrow, over his forehead there. Mm -hmm. So this limo carrying Blue Leader, essentially, is following Lee, and he's he's telling him, he's like, you're the leader of a failed mission. I expect you to redeem yourself. Blue Leader out. And then the radio comes back on, and Lee's like trying to figure it out, and then he he sees the limo uh, turn off, and he hits the steering wheel. He's not happy. Now we're at Nedlinger's, which... We went from monks in the previous episodes to where yeah. the, the spies hang out. And now apparently they all hang out at Nedlinger's. So mm-hmm. Francine and David and Go and Scarecrow are all standing around drinking coffee in the middle of the day, apparently. And they're all complaining about the case and and everybody's being really uptight and everything. And then... Lee, Lee gets mad and says he's going to throw a bowl of chili on the next person that... It's the whole Bulgarian number. Anyone's talking about um, the Bulgarian number. He's had it. That's, yeah, anything about the Bulgarian issues, I think. He calls it the Bulgarian number. They're comp- they're all kind of like at each other's throats. She's like, I wasn't ducking the meeting, you know, and he's like, yeah, you were. And he's like, I've really had it with this whole B- Bulgarian number. You're right. The next guy that talks about Victor... Or what Billy said is going to wear this bowl of chili. <laughs> and they're all like, hey, okay, okay. <laughs> and David seems like he's kind of a, a little uh, class clown kind of guy. You know, he's like, oh, see, I'm walking. Do you see my feet going? You know, kind of thing. And then Amanda comes in, all secretive. I like her sweater here. They used it in the promo pictures, too. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. And I love that coat, that trend, the um, wool coat. This is the multicolored sweater, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like all her multicolored stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty sweater. So anyway, she's all secretive. Well, I think it's important just because it sets the stage for why she's creeping in, you know, seekingly out with the film is because there's this whole scene beforehand that happened at home where um, they are running off to school and the boys were in the car and, you know, among other things, Jamie's trying to ditch school, pretending like he's (laughs) sick because he didn't turn in one of his... His, uh, he didn't have one of his school projects ready. Oh, I and remember those so days. <laughs> Amanda's like grilling him, you know, and Philip in the meantime finds a roll of film in the station wagon. I thought it was funny. I wanted to ask you guys because one of the things they're arguing about is Amanda, Amanda and Dottie kind of get mad at the boys for using the word but. Yes. And, so you know, <laughs> I wanted to ask about this because this was an issue in our family. Like, I didn't like the kids saying but like you're a but you know like that and and then I got a bunch of grief because they're like just like in the scene mm-hmm. the boys they're giving Amanda grief they're like everybody says that word you know it's not <laughs> oh that bad God. of a word but in my family we did like kind of call the kids on it if they were using but so I was just wondering what you guys thought if you thought if you thought the word but was a bad word at any point in <laughs> No, for for us particularly, we never called that out. My stepdad is, he was just such a weird, really weird guy. And he had a problem with the word fart. And so I had two little brothers and he would only allow them to say toot. And it, it literally makes me just cringe to hear that word. I hate it so much to this day, but he, he had a problem with the word fart. He didn't care about, but he swore all the time, but he wouldn't allow anyone to say the word fart. And if you did, you got in so much trouble. It was really strange. So anyway, long story short, 
butt was no problem, but you could not say fart. Really strange, but there you go. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with butt. However, I don't like it when the kids say hate, like I hate that or I hate this. Oh. I don't like that. It just sounds, it's just so harsh and everything. So, and it's, <laughs> they use it so easily that I just would, I'd be like, don't use yeah. that. You know, you dislike something, but you, you know, hmm. so that's the only one. I think that was something I carried over from my upbringing probably too. I don't know. I have to admit, I made my kids say bum. <laughs> bum. <laughs> Okay, because I hated that word. They'd be like, you have something on your butt. And it was just so like, I was just like, God. So you just don't like the harshness of it. Yeah. kind of. I don't like fart either. I probably would have done toot. Oh, you're just going to toot. Because it's also, okay, little boys, they would say fart, okay, 50 times in a day if they could. Fart, 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 fart. Yep. Yeah. Tate probably knows this, or maybe her boys don't do that, but... We have a group of neighborhood boys, and for sure, it, fart would be. I'd, I'd rather them say it than do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Hey, I can relate. <laughs> well, this whole scene, I was just thinking, this could have happened in our family. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they cut it, so. Yeah, it would have been a little bit, it would have been cute, so. Yeah, get a little it. family life. Yep. What we do end up getting is Amanda being very secretive when she comes into the bar. Like, you know, she's like, I have the film. And he's like, what? You know, he's just like so thrown by her, you know, trying to be uh, secretive and and like an agent. She's so cute about it. Though. She totally is. She's like, Philip found it. He was playing with it. But lucky for us, mother saw him before school. And she asked him what he was doing. So. And then she's like, got to look like, here it is. And then Philip said, grandma, don't be a butt. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he grabs it and like lifts it up. And she's like, puts her hand. It's just like in if thoughts could kill when he's, she hands him the chewy chubby bar and he's like, puts it up. And she's like, you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) He's like, this film is a roll of test stuff that I went, I ran through the camera. And she's like, oh, she always seems so disappointed when it's not something really dangerous yeah. and exciting, you know, <laughs> she wants it to be exciting. Yeah. yeah. Then they're interrupted by cheesy Benson behind Lee. And he says, no, no prompting. It was Paris, the spring of 81 or oh. Athens, 82. You're wearing your bright red dress. Uh, I guess it was just last week at the plain old agency. You were standing next to plain old Lee's desk. <laughs> plain old Lee. Mrs. King, I do believe. David Benson, your eternal servant. Hello, you have a very good memory. No, just great taste. No, just great taste. Uh, Davy, isn't your ice melting over there? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you two had anything personal going on. No, hold it, hold it. There's nothing personal between Amanda and me. That's right. It's uh, business. Just business. Well, that's, that's right. That's all it is. All just right, business. Then. Which I thought was really sweet. It's sweet, but that. it's such a pickup line. And you know it's a pickup line because Lee's repeat, repeating it as he's saying it. Like, yeah. he's, he's going along with them. So he's like, uh, Davey, isn't your ice melting over there? And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know there was something personal between you. And, of course, we get the, the horrible, tired old speech pulled out yet again. Yep. I, I didn't take it that way. I thought he was saying that instead of just plain old, you know, at the agency that Lee said, instead of the good memory and all that. It was his good taste in Amanda because then Amanda in the script says, that was a sweet thing to say. 
which actually would be sweet. I took it that way. So I took it, you know, that he was actually complimenting Amanda. Oh, he would totally. No, he, he is doing that. But I'm saying he's, it's a, it's a canned line though. It's canned because Lee has already heard him say it before. And that's why Lee was able to say it right along with him. Yeah, I guess he could. You think he's heard his pickup lines before? Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I, That's how I read it, uh, how I saw it, that he's like, no, just good taste. He knew exactly what it was going to say because that's he's used it before. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were supposed to have known each other for like four years or something. Right. Which... Yeah, he calls him Davey. I mean, they're definitely, you can tell they've known each other a long time, even though this is the only time we ever see the guy. But For good reason. Yeah. Well, so then Lee and Amanda are both like, no, no, it's just, it's just business just business nothing personal you know they're very uh, both very quick to to correct david he's like all right since i don't want to rush things what do you say to lunch we can talk about dinner ha 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 like me yeah <laughs> forget Why it does amanda agree to go out on these dates with these smarmy disgusting people like i don't, I don't understand well she's too nice <laughs> she is nice and she likes to see the best in people i think yeah, yeah the same way too but i'm not i'm gonna deal with smarmy people he's a friend of lee's so you know you would think that she doesn't have to worry about you would think she doesn't have to worry about him being a bad guy because he's an agent well <laughs> yeah right yeah you know what i mean so i mean her thinking's probably valid but you know that in that she's right to think those things but they're not actually correct but mm-hmm. maybe that's why or it's just they want her to in the script <laughs> Yeah, I think she gone. always gives people a chance until they show her right. that they aren't good. Right. She's she's way too nice then. I would always yeah. be like, you look slimy. <laughs> so no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does put up with a lot from this guy, particularly um, in the script version. She says, all right, I'd love to, meaning she wants to go out with him. And then David goes, terrific, dress, okay? Black would be nice, strapless, maybe pearls. <gasps> like, how much more bossy can you get? Oh, she's my gosh, that's horrible. Okay, she'll dress how she wants. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like all he had to do was say, hey, dress nicely. You know, like it's yeah. going to be fancy. You know, that, you that's all you need. her first outfit, you know, obviously he, he, she looked fine then. I'm sure she can pick out her own dang outfit. Thank you, sir. My gosh. Wow. But on one hand, Lee's saying nothing personal. And here's a guy who's kind of coming on to her and offering to take her out. I mean, I, I would do that in front of Lee maybe a little bit. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just like cancel on David Burn. later on. Yeah. <laughs> Just to tweak the, uh, you know, pull the tiger's tail, you know? Yes. Yeah, he deserves it. Then Davey gets kind of a little weird here. He's like, you know, someone's going to draw the short straw and having to do the investigation. And he just keeps talking and and Lee's like, she's not part of this. So, you know, you're not supposed to be talking about it. But he just keeps going. And then he's like, it's got to be the crumb job of the year or something like that, right? Real crumb job. It's got to be the crumb job of all time, right? And he's just smiling and Lee's like, right, real crumb job. <laughs> he's like very uncomfortable. Then we have a whole agency. This is like the the most we see of agents. There's like a whole room full of agents in here. We have Francine, we have Nightlight, Scarecrow, we have Humbug, and we have Go, and then Lancer being Billy. So how come Francine, how come women don't have code names in this show ever? I don't know. Maybe Francine is her code name and we just never knew it. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh, that's deep, Miranda. <laughs> but I'll say oh the code name Go has got to be the most confusing code name. Because what if you're like trying to call him and you're like, Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least pick something that 
it's not like an action. <laughs> That's true. That could be very it's, confusing. Be I thought you said confusing. go. No, I meant I was calling you. Oh, I thought you meant go. Like, go as in proceed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Go is actually a Chinese game. It's called Badut in, in Korea, but it's um, it's a game with the the black and white stones, and you have to capture the. Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? Well, that, that yeah, I think I think so. I that think it's a, a lot safe bet. Miranda, that you're the only one who knows a Korean game. English is used here. Go means something else. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Like it's, it's always hard when someone says right instead of correct, like when you're giving directions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good, good analogy there. Okay. So Billy's really cracking down on all the agents and, and Benson's getting his little smart aleck mouth going and Billy's had, he's like, I've got a slot open in Finland next December. And he's like, okay, uh, I guess I should shut up. <laughs> Keep that in mind in case you get a good deal on snow tires. And they all laugh. So he wants all the reports by next Friday. And Humbug's like, hey, can, uh, I don't think I need to remind you that I have nine days, six hours. And he grabs his watch. And uh, 20 minutes remaining on my service to this agency. Not to speak of which, I haven't been asked to leave my desk for the past six months. <laughs> Do I consider myself exempt from your little essay? No exemptions, humbug. Oh, well. <laughs> now, fine, fine, fine. Mine might be a little long and rambling. <laughs> Senility does that to you. But it will never be, nevertheless be a sharp and penetrating look on the whole business. He's like a view from behind the desk, so to speak. <laughs> Toward the water cooler, the men's, <laughs> the men's room. And they're all laughing. I love humbug. He's cute. Yeah, he is cute he's funny so they all leave oh there's a whole bunch of other agents we didn't even get to see i do like his suit it's very tailored i don't like the pants with it i wish they were matching his jacket but that looks nice with the blue tie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh and it's got the tie bar that you like jen oh, i know i still gotta get that get one of those <laughs> not for me <laughs> hey women can wear ties too yeah but yeah i wouldn't wear one or a tie clip <laughs> No. <laughs> no. So Billy pulls Lee aside and he's like, hey, I want your report by Wednesday. And Lee's like, great, you know, like, you know, because he's more interested in getting Lee's viewpoint because he wasn't on the other two uh, cases that were blown. So then Billy kind of confides in him because, you know, he's kind of his his right hand. So he's confides in him and he's like, you know, I'm about this close from getting a call from Blue Leader and and Lee's like, Blue Leader. And he's like, yeah, never mind, forget it. <laughs> Since when does a top man talk to a field, to field agents? And Lee just laughs, you know, like kind of uncomfortably. And he's like, and since I've seen your typing, I think you need to look, get some help and not from the steno pole. We need someone with a grade 10 clearance. And of course, I might happen to have one for you. How's 90 words a minute and security clearance for openers? <laughs> And Lee groans. You know, why does he have to groan? I, whatever. I think it's all put on. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a put on. He doesn't want, he doesn't want anybody to think he actually likes working with Amanda. All right. He has to maintain his cover. Mm-hmm. That's right. His tough guy image. Right. Now we're at the, we're at a, looks like a natural history museum. And he's like, you do type 90 words a minute. And she's like, yes. <laughs> 90 words a minute if you don't count mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, uh, Billy's idea, huh? And he's like, yep, Billy's idea. She goes, that's just fine. Please thank him for me. He's like, I will. Boy, this guy looks like he came in second in the Godzilla movie. Yeah, or they had a very poor school lunch program in those days. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
clever and witty. So Amanda's like trying to give him a, a tour. She's like the saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> Interesting fact, the saber-tooth or the saber cats were my mascot in high school. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, weird one, huh? We're, we were lancers, like um, Lancelot kind of thing. Oh, see? Yeah. You have a connection to SMK too. Billy. <laughs> yeah, Lancer. <laughs> we were crusaders. Oh, okay. I was oh, a Catholic Kendra's the crusaders. Oh, same with Kendra. <laughs> crusaders. <laughs> Lexi, what were you? My mascot was called the Big Reds. And oh, so you were it was red either too? white and red or black and red. It depended on the uniform. Oh, same with ours. Yep. <laughs> same yeah. with ours. Black and red color. too. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say either white or red or red or white. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Purple funny. and gold was a bit obnoxious sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, it was different anyway. So Lee gets her off her tour guide of the, of the dinosaurs. And she, he's like, it's a mole. And she's like, oh, I know what a mole is. We had one in our garden. It, it eats the carrots. He's like, no, no. That's, she's like, that's a good no, Amanda no. ramble there, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She goes, and then it looks like all the leafy stalks stood up and everything looked healthy and pretty. And then you pull it up and there's nothing there. <laughs> Which is actually a good analogy for a real, like, mole. It is. Exactly. Mole. Yep. <laughs> there's no carrot at the bottom. He's like, whoa, Amanda, it's another kind of mole, all right? And she's like, all right. This kind is a traitor. She's like, oh, someone who's working from inside a spy in the agency. That's a whole lot worse. Yeah, a lot. Someone's been tipping off this Bulgarian agent named Victor. So my boss, Blue Leader, has dropped the whole investigation into my lap. She's like, oh, that's a lot of responsibility. He must trust you a great deal. Oh, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm lucky me. So he's telling her, you know, hey, since I got to do this, I need someone I can absolutely trust to help me. And she's all, you know, she gets all soft on it. Like, Mm -hmm. you mean me? He's like, I mean you. (laughs) She's like, it was Billy's idea. He's like, nope, no. He's like, nope, mine. And she's all excited. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, all he has to do is give her, throw her a bone every once in a while. Mm -hmm. She doesn't, she doesn't (laughs) want a lot, you know, (laughs) just be nice to her every once in a while. Guys don't get that, you know, just Mm -hmm. be nice. That's all we want. Just somebody to be nice, you know, and not jerk. You know? Yep. And he's like, and I need someone with a grade 10 clearance. He's always got to take it. Like, he <laughs> slaps her with a compliment, you know? Yep. She's like, these other agents, aren't they friends of yours? And he's like, until they find out we're digging into their bank statements, their income tax filings, doctor's reports, all sorts of that good stuff. She's like, is that the crumb job that David was mentioning? He's like, yeah, look, we can't tell anybody about this. So I guess I should have mentioned this a little bit earlier, but actually in the script version, again, first draft, this doesn't take place in the Natural History Museum. Oh. It takes place in a Rolls-Royce dealership showroom. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. That's weird. Yep. So it's, it's a little bit strange because they're just kind of walking around looking at all of the sedans instead of her little, you know, descriptions of the Dinosaurs. animals. Dinosaurs. Yes, and dinosaurs and all that. And Lee's having her, like, look at all these cars and getting in. And he says, climb in. The carpet's real lamb's wool. Like, I, I just don't really understand the thought process behind this setting. But Lee is very enamored of all of the, the cars that he's touching. He talks about the burled walnut. He talks about, like I said, the carpet and, and the salesman. Yeah, the salesman's kind of watching him, kind of irritated that he's hanging out in his showroom. In his cars, because apparently he's done this before. Yeah. The first time. And he's super (laughs) snarky. He, like, the salesman knocks on the window, and Lee goes, oh, hi. 
And he goes, sorry to bother you, sir, but we were concerned. <laughs> if you plan to spend more time in our motor car, we thought perhaps you could move in a few plants, an end table, a lamp, <laughs> make it a bit more homey. And Amanda goes, that's sweet. And he goes, that's hostile. It is definitely hostile. In fact, we're leaving. And so he storms out and... <laughs> That's and so he's funny. Just like, you know, a sass thing. And then Amanda goes, Sir, I um I hope your carnation wilts. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's really her cute. dig right there. Yeah. I hope your carnation will. She's she's <laughs> she's cutthroat, man. <laughs> yeah. She comes for blood. <laughs> that's so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. I like the Natural History Museum better. I do too. Yeah. I love the but yeah. I love the they had a poor lunch school school yeah. lunch program that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get to a really cute part. I love Jealous Lee. <laughs> Lee, Lee in denial yeah. of Jealous Lee, you know? Yes. <laughs> and David Benson's a suspect. Got it. I have a date with a suspect. How am I going to get out of it? Oh, you, uh, you sure you want to? What? I thought you bought that line of his all the way. You thought what? Was it Paris in the springtime, or was it Athens? You were wearing red. Oh, really? Oh, that stuff that women go for. Go for? He asked me to lunch. It was a simple lunch invitation. That's all it was. You're making it sound hey, like hey, it... Hey, hey, you want to go out with a guy that's got more scalps on his belt than Geronimo? You be my guest. If you didn't want me to go, all you had to do was say no. Oh, Don't sure, go. Oh, sure. And sound like I was... Ju- Look, Amanda. Hmm? What I am trying to say is we're not, you know, emotionally I know that. Or anything like that. Well, of course not. And she gets up in her high pitch. <laughs> I know somebody else that does that too, right, Lexi? Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you for that example. <laughs> Whenever Lexi tells me, has to tell me something she doesn't want to have to tell me at work, she goes, um. <laughs> and her, her pitch goes up at least three octaves. <laughs> That's like the warning bell. Yeah. yeah. And I know, yeah. I know, uh-oh, here it comes. Yeah. True. <laughs> and then it's she goes, true. and then she ends it with, it's going to be fine. It's great. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be great. Everything's, Everything's going to be great. Fine. That's hilarious. And I think I should go out with him. I should use it as a fact-finding survey. I mean, I, I really think I can probably find out much more about him by, by talking to him and looking at his bank statements. I suppose. So what should I do? Hey, it's your own personal time. Is it a yes or a no? Yeah. Well... Yeah, well, I think I will. All right. I'm going on a date with David Benson. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Terrific. Good, I'm happy. Fine. I'll see you tomorrow. Good. Mm-hmm. But it was your decision. He has to have the last word. It's so funny. Although she does give him a look as she turned oh yeah that look had that look was worth about a thousand words i didn't know i don't know she had some weird shoes on there too oh i noticed that (laughs) it's like slippers or something they're like slippers or something i think she likes to be comfortable in the shoe department oh for sure i I would be too i can relate okay speaking of not cute that stole is that what you call those that Mm -hmm. she wears is horrible and so outdated even in the yep. 80s, it was outdated. I mean, it true. It just looks, and, and I'm sure it is, it just looks like she's swinging the little carcasses around. I hate <laughs> oh, it. I babies. hate it. Well, it just looks like she's an old woman wearing it, you know, because old ladies wear that stuff. 
I have to admit, I like the white on her, but not the stole. And yes, not the star. I agree. I like the the contrast of the black and the white. Definitely, mm-hmm. I agree completely with you on that. I don't like the the cheesy fur. Yeah, yeah. I think it could have been achieved just as nicely, like a, a white nice, shawl. Yeah, shawl or faux fur, not so poofy. That would have been fine. Yeah, just but yeah. I don't like the swinging tail. And I love the dress. Yeah. The dress is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so you think it was outdated in the eighties too? That's yeah. what I wasn't sure. I think of. so. I think so. It, it's yeah. It does look like like some animal tails all over. Her. It's just yeah. weird. My family unfortunately still wears their fur. They, really? They haven't bought anything new. Yeah, it's terrible. Like when they when all the family functions get together. Oh my gosh. They, they bring pictures. it out, and I hate it. They have like these <laughs> giant fur coats and like the the sash thingies and the the muffs. No, I hate it. Okay. I hate it. And I told my mom if she leaves it to me, when she dies, I will I'll burn the crap out of it. Oh Let God, me just say nice. that if they wore the fur in Oregon, they might be accosted on the street. Oh, People I'm have sure. very strong feelings about that. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't wear it in public, I don't think. I think they'd be like shamed out of the People are like bold around here about that stuff. Probably around there too. I would say that's the difference between the Midwest and the East and the West Coast because mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's my my relatives. Are, yeah, really. Pain, oh my gosh, yeah. I could not. I I would be scared well, I, to wear it out in public. I shouldn't say all my relatives are like that. One side of my family is like that. The other side, not. <laughs> there's so always much. one side, that's isn't true. there? <laughs> yeah, you're right, Miranda. It is the one side, but there's one one faction of it yes, that are exactly. just they're the batshit crazies, and they <laughs> they wear all their fur and all their glory. Yeah. I don't know yeah. of anybody that wears furs in my family. Thank goodness, but that's good. I'm sure they do other weird stuff. I'm sure, but. It's going to be a quote-unquote robbery at your relative's house when Lexi goes in and removes all the furs. <laughs> Takes them away. So oh, funny. I don't know where they went. Well, speaking of cheesy, his car is quite uh, extravagant. Yeah. And he's even got, you know how those guys have it in like special edition 84. It's written like scrolled on the side of the mm-hmm. door like that one is. It's so bad. Yeah. That should have been a red flag right there. He's an agent driving like yeah. a Ferrari. I don't know but what that is. I'm not sure what that is. It's a, it's it's a Ferrari, but like oh, in the it? 80s, wow. they weren't they didn't look very good. They kind of didn't look like Ferraris. Yeah, but it but it is a Ferrari. Okay, it's like an 81. She looks so pretty with her earrings. Those earrings are so pretty, and then she, with the white, even though it's the fur, but it, she looks really pretty here. I love those earrings. Yeah. But he's like, "Where? What do you want to eat?" And she's like, "I thought you already had some place picked out when you said to dress nice." They're they're at a uh, senator's party, and he's trying to get her to eat everything. <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, I'm fine." This is what I don't understand. He takes her to an embassy party for a date. I mean, how are you supposed to like talk and get to know each other and romance her when there's all these people and it's well, chaotic. I think he's I think he's trying to impress her. Yeah, yeah I agree. But I don't. I would not be impressed if somebody brought me somewhere where they didn't have an invitation. I would be mortified, and I would (laughs) never speak to them again. Like if if we went to a place and we didn't belong there, that's like my worst nightmare. That's like my worst fear (laughs) is to show up somewhere where they're not expecting me, and then just there I am. I would hate that. Oh, you've been comfortable the whole time. Like that you're gonna get find found out. Yeah, that you're gonna get found out. Yeah. I, you know what would have been nice is if she used that purse from uh, the last episode, that mm, black clutch that we yeah. were in love with. Yeah. That would have been really cute in, with this. Instead, she's got like a, 
a really little one that's like a over the shoulder kind of thing. Yep. But that dress is really pretty. I think she, this yeah. is the same dress from Affair at Bromfield Hall, isn't it? In season two? I've seen it before. I know I that. Think it, I think it's from season two. So we'll see it again. I think that's episode eight of season two. But he's uh he's really laying it on thick with her. I, do you get the sense he's sees her as a target in that he'll get information from her? Or do you think he's truly just, you know, wanting to date her? What do you guys think? At this point, I think he's just wanting to date her. I mean, I think he just saw that she's really pretty. She was unattached. It means, you know, I, I don't know, maybe because Lee was there initially, he decided, you know, like, oh, if she's with Lee, like, I'd like to swipe that from him. But I think in general, he just really, it's just a, a genuine potential interest in her mm. at this point. Yeah, uh, I, th- I agree with you. I, I hope so. so. I hate to think that she's always the target of everybody, know. you know, like they only want to date her because, you know, they mm-hmm. want to get information out of her or get closer to Lee or, you know. I think it's hard to tell because he's so cheesy, but I think he just is cheesy. But I think he really likes her. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think he's doing it to He's doing it to impress her rather than yeah. to press her for information. Got mm-hmm. it. She's like, I'm more of a potluck at the church type. She's like, I warned you. He's like, yeah, you warned me, Amanda, but it was a little late. I was already uh, zapped. She's like, zapped? Mm, Zapped. Yeah, very. (laughs) She's like, kind of blushes. She's like, what did you mean when you said that everybody thinks you belong? She's like, don't you belong? He's like, me? Mm -mm." He's like, Amanda, I'm an agency type. We don't get invited to these things. What I do is check with the caterers. I know most of them. Find out where the parties are going, who's hosting them, and I pick one. And it works always. Do you do this every night? He's like, no, a couple of nights a week, I'll get something at the Steakle Bob. Yeah, I think it is Steakle Bob. I don't know what that means. Because that's a restaurant. Steakle Bob. That's what it says. Or I'll put it on a TV dinner in the microwave. What an agent pulls down in salary per month, you kind of learn to live on the cheap. There, now you know all my secrets. I hope I haven't blown my image. There's a line in the script that I thought was kind of funny because... He tells her, stop ordering from the right side of the menu in life, okay? It's, oh. a, it's, a lot more, it's a lot more fun. And I'm like, this is kind of interesting. I learned a lot of things from SMK because they do put all the expensive, crazy things on the right side of the menu. So he's saying that's like a strategy. Hmm. Oh, um, yeah, because the, the salads yeah. are always on the left side. Yeah, so he's like telling her, stop ordering from the right side of the menu in life. Um, and, and then philosophy. I'm like... I remember reading this whole article about how restaurants try to trick you by putting stuff on the right side and then putting something inexpensive in the bottom so you'll get that instead. Anyway, sidebar. But I thought it was an interesting, interesting. line they kind of cut out. Huh. Stop ordering from the right side of the menu. It's a good <laughs> motto there, Jen. Just be cheap is what he's saying. <laughs> and then right after this in the script, he kind of like decides to grab a big bouquet off the table and <sighs> give it to her as a parting gift from the embassy party he's like and see look i just got you this big beautiful bouquet for free and she's all embarrassed because it's like this big gaudy uh table centerpiece that she has to carry out of the carry out of the party so basically he's just trying to give her advice on how to be cheap which okay wow if he is really cheap then why is he working for the bad guys sorry spoiler alert if you haven't gotten to the end of the episode yet I think he wants to be cheap on some things and no, not I others. I don't know. I think that's probably why they took it out because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, but then why have... Well, otherwise he would have taken her out to dinner and paid for it. 
Instead, I, I, I thought up. he wanted to show off. Yeah, I think he was trying to party. impress her. Yeah. Well, like, if you're gonna impress her, then don't say that you talk to you the caterers every off. week. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that's what he said. He gets like, he goes there now. You know all my secrets. So it's like he he was trying to impress her, but then he's like, oh well, you found me out. You know, this is really who I am, kind of thing. I think he's one of those guys that's cheap at heart, but likes to be flashy and certain. You know. Yeah. You know how the you know that type. Well, I think he's certain areas. I think he's wants to be flashy and that's why he he's greedy and he wants to be flashy and he knows he can't afford it so that's why he he Mm -hmm. went and did you know what he does i won't try and spoil it (laughs) anymore (laughs) but you know what i mean like that's why he does that because he feels like he has to impress everybody you know to be liked i think or maybe he's just a i I don't know i think he doesn't want to pay for things but he wants to have that lifestyle and the the flashy things. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't impress someone like Amanda. No. To, like, give her all these great things that you're getting for free and mm-hmm. stealing bouquets off the table. And I wouldn't be impressed. No. Nor would <laughs> anyway. she. Yeah. Okay. So apparently they finished up their date. And now the next day, Amanda's at the agency and she's got some papers for Leith. And she bumps into Mr. Melrose and she's like, hello, sir. And he's like, he's like, are you doing a scarecrow's report? And he tries to get it from her. And she's like, she's like, uh, well on my desk, five o'clock. She's like, yes, sir. Lee comes in and brings her over to his desk area, I guess. And then she feels bad about lying to Mr. Melrose. <laughs> so she's showing him that Quan, Ronnie Quan, go agent go had $40,000 deposit into his bank account. And he kind of yells and she's like, shh. <laughs> So he's like, okay, I got to go, got to go talk to him. But unfortunately, somebody else gets to him before Lee can. We're at a horse riding practice, it looks like. So it looks like maybe his daughter is riding a horse. Is that what you guys got out of that? Yeah. In the script, it makes it sound like he's watching like a competition because there's a judge's booth and stuff. Oh, okay. And then I think they probably, yeah, simplified it. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what they did. So he's, they're at like a park, it's like a park setting and he's sitting down and then Victor, the Bulgarian, uh, comes up behind him and he's, he talks to him and he's like, Hey, are you the guy who called about the tip? And he pulls his gun, but it's too late. Victor, the Bulgarian shoots him through his briefcase. I guess he's going to have to get a new briefcase now and, and kills <laughs> Ronnie right there. So hopefully that's not his daughter on the horse. Cause she just watched her father get killed. So hopefully it's just some random person that he didn't know. <laughs> We'll, we'll say it's a random person. I was going to say, they sort of say later, like, what was he doing there? He had no reason to be there. So oh, okay. I don't think All it right. was mm-hmm. actually his daughter. Okay, good. Good. Mm-hmm. Now, that would be horrific. We get to see Lexi's favorite Francine outfit. <laughs> right, Lex? My favorite. I thought this one was your favorite. <laughs> so let's not kid ourselves here. This is, she wore this <gasps> outfit in the first episode, in the first time, and it looks like a, j- a prison outfit. Well, at least the stripes are going the right direction. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're not going <laughs> I hate it when way. the stripes go this way. Yeah, I'll go around. Go around. Now, like what you were talking about, Miranda, they're, they're like, you know, Go wouldn't have put himself out on a limb unless he trusted the guy. And and then Humbug's like, or girl. And then they look at Francine. He's like, present company accepted, of course, he says. Uh, and then uh, let's take a moment of silence. We haven't had one in a while. But uh, Lee in that blue, like that cornflower blue shirt with the shoulder holster <laughs> man mm-hmm. i don't huh? i mean just wow Whew. yeah 
Season one Lee, blue in blue and that shoulder holster. Can't. It's like you might as well just put him in a tux. <laughs> but he doesn't have a tie bar, so it's not complete. Oh, I can I can handle this. I'm not I'm not into the tie bar thing like you are. <laughs> I'm into tie good. bar too, but I'm just as fine if he had like no shirt on at all. That would be there. Fine. You go there. That's fine. I like that too. <laughs> so are you guys a part in the middle or part on the side kind of a fan? I for like the hair. This, I like the, the side. hair. I like the side for sure. I don't like center parts yeah, I don't like the uh, on Lee particularly. Yeah. There's some strong feelings about this. Kendra, I know, has strong feelings. <laughs> does she? What does, what does she think? I think it's the same. I think it's no no middle part. Mm-hmm. Now, Davey uh, has just excused himself. Francine gets up and she's like, I really was busy when Billy had those meetings. They dropped a whole load of cable traffic on me for the Rio station. Why don't you go home and get some rest, huh? Lee says to her, oh, yeah, sure, lots of luck. And then she says goodnight to them. But then it's just Scarecrow and Hungbug that are left. And he's like, this retirement thing is really getting to you, isn't it? And he's like, compulsory retirement. Ranks right up there with compulsory suicide. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. And then he says, Lee, how was your meeting with Blue Leader? And he's like, Lee laughs. And he's like, what? He's like, son, I've been in intelligence for over 40 years. I've seen moles before. Oh, hell, I've caught moles before. I know the drill. He's like, oh, I watched you when Francine mentioned cable traffic and Rio. Unless my memory's fading entirely, the excuse she trotted around the shop about her mysterious absence had to do with Cuba Station, not Rio. So they both caught on to that. Ooh. Yeah, so she got caught in a lie. He's like, I'm going to be 65, not 105. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you would be Blue Leader's boy. Who else in this outfit is absolutely clean about the Victor business? Blue Leader mentioned me, did he? <laughs> and Lee just gets uncomfortable. He's like, Walter, I have to go. I have got, I've got things to do. And it's, he's like, the booze is talking, Walter. So apparently now Lee must have a lot of mentors because now Humbug taught him too. So he's got... He's the likable guy. He's got Emily. He's got Humbug. He's got Harry. Harry, yeah. And and the wizard. So he's got a lot of people mentoring him. That's why he turned out so good. No wonder he's the scarecrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, and if I were working for Blue Leader, how do you think you'd come out, huh? They're walking to, to the outside elevator. He's like, I don't know. You're a pretty hot prospect. The top candidate for an approach by an East Block country. And Riley's like, yep. And he's like, you're mad and you don't care who knows it. Your code name is Humbug, and believe me, you've earned it. You've done nothing but grouse, and the whole thing is burning you, is that now you've done nothing but grouse and gripe. He's like, yep. He's like, the, the thing that's burning you is that now you'll be home growing your roses and reading the news and and make and not making the news anymore. Why wouldn't Blue Leader have you with the contenders? He's like, will I get my answer to that? No, no. He goes, he wouldn't figure it because the griping gardener has one favorite favorite flower what's that he's like the american beauty rose it's cute yeah it's a cute little scene walter you are a patriot simple as that if you have taught me one thing it's loyalty to this agency sorry humbug as a mole you just wouldn't cut it i love the end i love this he like puts his face up to the elevator doors and he goes think you're pretty smart don't you scarecrow (laughs) and then he's He's a good humbug he's like I taught him too damn well. <laughs> That's sweet. All right. And then we're at the baseball diamond, it looks like. 
And Dottie's trying to give Philip some last minute pointers. And she's like, Mom, mother, I think you're giving him golf tips. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, you know, and she's like, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she was telling him to keep his like left arm yeah. really straight. <laughs> she's like, let me think now. And he's like, they have a coach, Grandma. She goes, oh, they do? Well, then just mind your coach, sweetie. <laughs> and then he runs off and goes to play. As a mother of baseball players, white pants. Yeah, the they are horrible. But they always wear them. They're always white. I know. It's bleach. It's a whole yeah. bunch of magic, but it's a white pain. White gray. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always had white or people that, gray you know, is much kids, better. kids have yeah, had. Gray is better. Yeah, because they end up being gray anyways. <laughs> so Amanda's got her bomber's hat on, which we'll hear about in a little bit. And uh, she says, I'll go check the mother's bake booth and see if they can use a hand. Hurry up, Philip bats clean up. Clean up. They have you batting according to cleanliness and neatness. That's nice. <laughs> and and Amanda looks at, at Jamie like, oh, brother. <laughs> oh, Dottie. She's a hoot. It's funny. There's a scene before this where Amanda's going through all those papers for Lee, like all the tax forms and bank statements. Mm-hmm. And she's she's doing it hiding in her room in her bed she's got it all laid out in her bed and then Dottie like surprises her and she like throws her covers over and tries to like cover it up that would totally be me if I have a big project sometimes I have to do it like up in my bed or that's funny (laughs) some to lay everything out I mean I can just see her up there trying to do all the spy stuff at her house must be difficult Mm -hmm. now back at the agency Billy is getting called out by Lee. He's like, hey, is something wrong with the phone at your desk? And he's like, no, why? He's like, you're downstairs. You were on the pay phone. And Billy's like, agents. Does everything have to have some meaning? <laughs> Listen, you want to know the truth? I was talking to a buddy who's well-connected upstairs. Now he's trying to find out, for me, if there's going to be an internal on this Victor thing. You want something, Francine? And Francine's like, you were saying something about me, weren't you? You? He's like, oh, come on. You don't, please don't lie to me. I know the talk. I hear the whispers. Nobody has to draw me any pictures. This breakdown is so absolutely hilarious. It's like, it is so, so out of character, though. Yeah. yeah. So not Francine. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, I, I can understand how that would be. She's paranoid. Like, fitting for her because, yeah, she's, you know, she knows that she's one of the suspects and that would. That would upset anybody's apple cart. So. Right. She's like, but you don't I do trust like her me. sweater here. I like this sweater. Yeah, that is cute. I like how it's on the sleeves. And the necklace is cute too. Mm-hmm. Chunky. Are those pants brown though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't tell. I can't tell, but they look brown. And if they are, that is so not a probe. <laughs> Lee has mm-hmm. a three piece suit on here. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. how? <laughs> and Billy's got his card again. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's like Francine's having like a, like she's on her period or something, you know, she's like all like irrational and, and Lee and Billy are like, what the heck? What do we say? You know, she's like, all right, I am a suspect. I'm a suspect. <laughs> and they just sit there and look at her. I'm going home now. All right. Because I hate this in public. I hate this. <laughs> and Lee, you have a phone call. <laughs> It's such a woman thing. It's so sad because mm-hmm. it's such, it is. It's so like stereotypical, you know, of what they think women do. The paranoia about talking about people is strong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if if women think someone's talking about them, you got you start questioning everything. <laughs> yeah, you talking about me? What are you saying? <laughs> 
And then Billy's like, go take your phone call. All right. So then when we're back at the baseball diamond and so then Lee comes up, I wasn't sure whether you wanted me to keep on after what happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And she's like, okay. She's like, would you mind putting this on? And it's a bomber hat. And he's like, this is a baseball cap. She's like, yes, I know. He's like, most of the bomber fathers wear them. Bomber fathers? (laughs) (laughs) No, Amanda, I am sorry. I pass. I am not, nor do I ever intend to be a bomber father. I love uh, that line. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, yeah, you're going to be. The best laid plans. Never say never. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, try one of Mrs. Scott's brownies. 75 cents, please. <laughs> He's like, is this why you brought me down here to have me chip my tooth on one of Mrs. Scott's brownies? You think they would have made the baked goods good, uh, like, taste good instead of hard and nasty. <laughs> She said, I don't want you to think that I don't trust David, <laughs> but you shouldn't. But I don't. <laughs> Never trust a guy with a line. She's like, not for a minute, but um, she's like, Amanda, <laughs> what have you got? She's like, I've been checking into the bank statements and the tax returns, like you told me, and I think maybe I found something strange. Now, no one else would even see this. He's like, strange How? She's like, about six months ago, David started making out checks to Monica Benson. I assume they have to be alimony checks because they had no children. She goes, boy, that's sad. Children can really make the difference. (laughs) Checks, you were mentioning checks. She's like, right, right, sorry, checks. The first time was on June 1st, you see? Second, July 6th, right? The third check, August 14th. Do you see the pattern here? He's like, I see it, I see it, and? And then they stop. (laughs) Did you hear me? I said they stop. (laughs) He's like, I heard you. And then he's like, the payment stops. So what? And then your buddy gets a hit. And then Dottie comes running over. She's like, Amanda, Amanda, he hit it. He did it. He hit it. He got a hit. Apparently it doesn't happen often. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe this is just the first game. Maybe, maybe. I think they'd be excited each and every time. Oh, for sure. For sure. At least Dottie. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever heard of anybody paying alimony for only three months and then not being required to pay it any longer? No, but... No, well, uh, neither have I. Now, I mean, I take child support. I never took alimony. But, um, anyway, it seems strange to me. So, I checked out his 1040, his tax return. Amanda... I, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Even after he stopped paying the alimony, he continued to take a full tax credit for the entire amount over and over and over and over again. Now, don't you think that's pretty strange? That is pretty strange. Unless unless he was paying her in cash. If he was paying her in cash, why? Where did it come from? Sure, it was wonderful. Just dropped this brownie on my toe. I think it's broken. Brownie is just fine. Sorry, is there anything I can do? Well, it's funny you asked. Yes, there is something you can do. But you're going to need some identification. You know one of those funny little badge things that people wear when they come to your door? Badge thing? So this is where we get the bitchy Benson, right? What was it? Bitchily. Bitchily, right? Bitchily direct. Yeah, bitchily direct. (laughs) And she does take her cues from the script, I have to say. (laughs) Although, Lexi, you liked her hair. I did like her hair. I think it looks like luscious. It's like nice. it looks luscious. luscious. It does look luscious. It does. That might not have been the word I would have selected. But... Luscious. That's a... And luscious. Like it's luscious. Lu- like a luscious head of hair. I don't know. I... 
a descriptive term. I just <laughs> like, I don't usually associate that like with ham. Bitchly. <laughs> Okay, what do you associate um, luscious with? I think I've only ever used it with hair. I think Uh, brownies, cakes, Uh good and yeah, yum and sweet. I don't. I've always used delicious, not luscious. Luscious has always been hair. I I call my brother's hair luscious all the time. He's got really curly, beautiful hair that I should have had that I didn't get. (laughs) That's funny. Tell me. I don't know why. I'd have to look it up. I'd associate it with some sort of like attraction. If you say luscious. Well, I was to me means somebody that drinks a lot. Uh, Of course it would, being that your nickname is Lushy. (laughs) That's funny. Luscious is an adjective. Hmm. Okay, so Amanda is at Monica Benson's home, and she looks like she just came in from playing tennis, and she's not very happy about being interrupted. She's like, what does that badge say again? And Amanda stuffs it into her door and says, it's... Okay, so my... This is what I'm thinking. Luscious. Oh. Very sexually attractive. That's, oh, that's not that's, what I meant. That's what I'm picking up on. Holy <laughs> shit. That is it not also, what I was it thinking It can also of. mean like rich of food yeah. and wine and sweet mm-hmm. taste, but it also means like sexually attractive. Bound, chicka, bound, wow. <laughs> no, not what I meant. Just thought it was a luscious head of hair. That's all. That's okay. so funny. Not- you're, gonna, you're not going to say that to your brother now anymore, are you? <laughs> not in that fucking context. My God. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So she puts her badge through and she says, it says United States Bureau of Census Department of Marital Relations. (laughs) That's such a mouthful of fakeness. (laughs) And then she pushes her way in and she's got her little clipboard and she's like, as you can see right here, she's like, yet another department. She's like, that's the government for you. And then she starts trying to give, ask her questions to get, you know, to get all the information that Lee really needs her to do. And she's like, these are the questions of the United States government. If you don't answer them for me, you'll just have to answer them for my superior or my superior superior. (laughs) She's a black belt confuser, I swear. She's like, now, are you divorced, married, or single, right? She's like, divorced, definitely divorced. Then she's like, I think I have a compound fracture of both my arches. And yet she's standing. Yeah, and walks too. Mm-hmm. She um she lets Amanda in. She's like, well, if I'm going to be inter- interrogated, I might as well do it under my own lamp. And, she's, and Amanda goes, yep, that's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get confirmation that Davey is working with Victor because he's meeting up with him and he's like telling him he's really upset because his ex-wife just called complaining that somebody from the government was snooping around and he he knows something's going on so he's freaking out and he wants victor to uh, take him out of the country and victor's like what do you want me to do about it and he's like there's an internal investigation going on victor they're about to drop the net on me and you're asking me what i expect you to do i ask because i hope you don't expect me to take care of anyone else david your oriental god your oriental partner (laughs) jeez (sighs) I'm not repeating that one. Sorry. So he took out go for him because go must've been on to him already. And he's like, I'm not going to do it again for you. So now Davey's on his own. He's like, I did you a favor. I'm not doing it anymore. I've carried you, helped you support your ridiculous lifestyle. You have become too expensive. Even for, even for us. He's like, I just want you to get him off my back. If you, if not you, then someone else. He, who is he? Lee Stetson, Scarecrow. You're certain it's Scarecrow? Yes, I'm sure. He really turns on his friend there. Then you have your answer. Me? I won't be here. I have the information I came for. 
I will be on the four o'clock flight to Paris tomorrow afternoon. Oh, well, that's real smart to tell. Bad guys are so dumb about that. <laughs> like, let I me know. tell you exactly what I'm going to do so that you can stop me. <laughs> Amanda comes in from the, the closet elevator and she's got reports for uh, Lee. And I like her coat. It's like um, that ombre look. Mm hmm. She wears it a lot, but I really like it. Yeah, it's cute. I've seen it in other episodes. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, I think you're right. So she's like looking for Lee and, and Billy's trying to get the report. She's like, no, I need I need Lee to, to read it first. You know, he's like, fine. He's down at Ned's. So then she goes down there. But now Francine is pouring her guts out to Lee and coming clean about being worried about her mom. She was having had to have surgery and everything and how she had to be away from her. And he's like, why are you telling me this now? And she's like, how come? Cause you're my friend. I should have told you something before, but I was too upset. My mother had surgery, major surgery. Yeah. In the script, it was actually Francine that was sick and she had a biopsy. <gasps> oh, she's wow. Talking about, which actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Cause I mean, she'd be rattled about her mom, but if she thinks she has cancer, mm -hmm. so she is confessing that she had a biopsy and it came back negative. The one came back positive and then it came back negative. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Okay. They yeah. probably didn't want to get that dark, you know, they probably didn't want to go that dark on it. Yeah. Know? It's interesting though. Mm-hmm. And then Lee's like, is she all right now? And she's like, yeah, she's just great. And then Davey comes up. She's all happy now because her mom's feeling better. So so he makes a smart aleck comment and then she she heads off. And then Davey's sitting there and uh, he's like, so where's Amanda? And then Lee's like, Amanda? I don't know. He's like, you two are working together. What? On, on the internal. He's like, I mean, you're doing the internal. He's like, what? He's Lee like, is just like a terrible liar. He is. He is I know. Guy. He is. You, He's can't, like... you can't pass off that you're not actually working as the informant in your in your group. Like, like how terrible is that? Work on your work on your work. Yeah, no. He goes. I was bought. You know, when you're wrong, you are wrong from here to Sri Lanka. <laughs> I know. So what bad. kind of analogy is that? <laughs> so bad. And they're both laughing, and Davy's like, "No, I'm not." We've been together for, what, four years now? I could read you like a book. He's like, hey, look, you want some advice? Dump whatever it is you're drinking, huh? And then Davey shows him in the gun under his coat. And he's like, his face, uh, his smile fades. He goes, we're going to take take this outside. Uh, he goes, there's an agency sedan parked out back. I want you to get up and slowly walk to the door. So he, And Lee's like, so it's you. You know, my money was on Ronnie before he bought it. And Davey's like, walk. Poor Lee. One of my favorite lines that was coming up when they walk outside. When you find out that Go is only making $36,500 yeah. a year. No, not that part. <laughs> He's like, he, he makes Lee give him his gun. He's like, so tell me why Ronnie? And he, why did you pick him? His, he said his bank account. He was dumb enough to put his piece right in, in his bank account, in his name, social security number. He's like, Davey's like, you're putting me on. Go wasn't on, in on this. And Lee still doesn't believe him. He's like, how does a guy who's pulling down 36.5 a year? That's not enough money, even for the 80s. I know, right? To put your life on the line like that? Ugh, it's really low. Although some teachers are getting that now, so it's kind of sad. He goes, uh, how to score 40 big ones, huh? He's like, math doesn't track, Davey. He goes, you really don't know, do you? Let's go. He won the, the Irish sweeps. Ain't that a kick? Chinese spy rakes in 12th place for that in the Irish sweeps. 
Yeah, he's like, sure you did. And he's like, no, I don't care. He goes, you were in Tangiers or someplace like that. He threw a hell of a party. Too bad you didn't make it. So who's the woman you're working with on this? Lee, Amanda? He's like, there's no woman. He's like, yeah, it's not Greta, Connie, or Francine. It's Amanda, isn't it? He's like, wrong. So then Amanda comes into Nedlinger's through the front, and he, she's talking to Ned at the bar, and he's telling her, no, they just they were here just 30 seconds ago. But I don't get this. Lexi and I were talking about this when we watched this earlier in the week. So he's like, Davy, you really didn't have me pegged. A lady from the sticks did, though. How was Amanda from the sticks? Yep. She's from Virginia, right? Yeah, that's not the mm-hmm. sticks. But Arlington, it is for somebody Virginia. That- yeah, I think it was a dig on housewives, but exactly, yeah, she's yeah. not like in from the sticks. Yeah, I mean she's like right across the key bridge, just DC. I mean it's not like Yeah. But some people yeah, think I the, agree, sti- the suburbs are the sticks. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> City folk versus suburbs. He's like, thanks to Monica, Amanda now knows about the alimony being paid in cash. I guess she just didn't have the time to lay it out for you. Do you understand what I'm saying, Lee? And Lee just gives him a look. He's like, cool. Very cool. Not a blink, a twitch. Zero reaction. The perfect secret agent. You're a real credit to your country and flag. Except for the fact that he was just like totally giving himself away not five minutes earlier. (laughs) Well, now he's he's learned better, I guess, Miranda. Yeah. I love how he's like, you too, David. He goes, now, which country did you say that was again? (laughs) That's a good one. But my favorite line's coming up. He's like, come on. The door's unlocked. You're going to slide over and drive. And he's like, I have to do everything. Leave my coffee, drive the car, get shot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's funny in the script, I keep mentioning this. He was actually drinking beer. He's supposed to be drinking beer. And he says beer, leave my beer. But then he would have had pe- somebody driving when they yeah. had been drinking. <laughs> and so it's some, cut it out. And somebody during the day. Said, I mean, he's supposed to be yeah. at work. Someone kind of said that doesn't like... <laughs> Even though they're in a bar, and yeah, he probably would be drinking a beer. This isn't going to work, so let's take it out. That's so that funny. was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is the middle of the day, and they're supposed yeah. to be at work. Billy's at work. How come nobody else is? All right, so now they're in the sedan, and he's driving very slowly. They're driving through Fairfax County, which is very clearly uh, California. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda's following behind just a few cars behind, and she's sticking right with them. And if you look, they're driving along like where there's just trees. But then when you see Amanda, a short, a close up on Amanda, there's like no trees next to her on the other side. It's just like uh, yeah. people's houses and stuff like that. <laughs> and rant, like a ranch or something. One of the script descriptions was, it was a nice day, much like California. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, it probably was California. <laughs> it very much was California. That's funny. Well, before Amanda starts passing all these cars, she's got to, it's so typical of her. She's got to cover herself so no one, I I think it's more that no one else sees her (laughs) doing uh, illegal things than the bad guy seeing her. You know what I mean? Like knowing her, that's probably what she's more afraid of. That, you know, her fellow Fairfax County people are going to see her doing, you know, driving so poorly. Right. So she goes flying past them and Davy makes a comment like, oh, that guy knows better than to uh, hot dog it in Fairfax County. You know, the police are going to get him. But Lee sees it and it's like, oh, my my uh, guardian angel is here again. <laughs> my savior. Yeah, his savior. She goes get, trying to get in front of him and she sees a cop 
uh, two cops uh, along the side of the road helping a uh, damsel in distress, a little blonde mm-hmm. with a sports car. And they're all like really into helping her and everything, which if it was a guy, they probably wouldn't have helped at all. And she goes flying by, she honks her horn and, and, and they just keep going and helping the blonde. <laughs> and she's like, looks back like, seriously, you're not going to follow me. <laughs> so then, uh, this is a uh, part of the show with, the um, on the couch with Dr. Faff segment, mm-hmm. Janet, uh, sent us an email about how in season two in a class act, Amanda has the hardest time doing a bootlegger. And in in this episode, she totally does one perfectly. She comes flying back at the cops, does a bootlegger, and then turns around and skids out of there, speeds out of there, and dirt's just flying. So finally, the cops leave the pretty blonde and <laughs> chase after her, which was her intent and hope the whole all along, because now she's going to try and talk them into helping her rescue Scarecrow. Yep. And I swear, those people behind Lee must be so irritated because he's like driving so slow. <laughs> They're like all up his tail. And then Davy's like, see, what did I tell you? Like, the cops got that guy. Don't slow down. Don't speed up. Just take it nice and easy, Lee. There's a side road up ahead. I want you to take a left. So I don't know what he thinks he's just going to. I mean, the cop's down the road. He's going to shoot him right with. I mean, the cop's going to hear that. What is he thinking? Maybe he's far enough in. Off the road. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems weird. Yeah. And Lee's like, you can't run, you can't hide. He's like, I can run as long as there's a four o'clock out of Dallas. He goes, where to? He's like, to Paris. He's like, you dummy, you just told him everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's like, Victor will take me with him. Now, come on. He's going to kill him anyway, so it doesn't matter if he knows. Yeah, but that's what they always think. They get so that's cocky. That's how it always, it always goes that way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your whole plan. She just took <laughs> off the door off of uh, the sedan. Yeah, she does. She rips it right off. Yeah, she does. And then Davy starts running and Lee goes after him. And then we get a wet Lee soon, which is always yummy. Then the cop car finally gets there. I don't know how Amanda got there way before him. And now Davy's running down by, the, by this creek. And Lee does a flying squirrel like he always does. And uh, jumps on him and throws him into the water. And starts beating the crap out of him. Gives him a powerful right, which usually he's left. So... Interesting. He goes, now that was for Ronnie, your partner, and my friend. Now he's like, now are you on the level about the four o'clock flight? He's like, yeah. And Victor's <laughs> booked on it? Yeah. So he just squeals like a little pig, doesn't he? That water doesn't look very clean. No. <laughs> doesn't. So the cops are like, all right, how about some ID? And then Lee's like, yeah, you want to take our friend here? And then he hands it to him, and then the cop goes and calls it in. And then Amanda tries to help him up. He's like, Amanda... I was real. She's like, I was real worried about you. He goes, yeah, same here. He's like, how'd you get them to believe you and have them follow you? And she's like, I showed them my government identification. He's like, Amanda, (laughs) you don't have any government identification. She's like, oh, sure I do. Of course I do. Don't you remember? And she hands him his, her badge. I got a badge. And the look (laughs) on his face is so precious. He just is like, oh God, Amanda. (laughs) So then it jumps right away and they're in his little car and they're driving uh, down the street and then explaining to her, he's, are you sure the agency's going to pay for my vehicle to get fixed? He's like, yes, and you'll have an agency car until then. Really worried about it. And the agency will pay for the damage, right? Because I mean, it's entirely, practically, the whole side of my station wagon is messed up. 
He's like, the agency will pay, no problem. She's like, I can't get them to pay for the blue shoes that I ruined. And that was a lot less expensive. And then we get eyebrows. I mean, blue leader. <laughs> and he starts talking to them and, and she's like, where, where's Blue Leader? She's like looking around the car. Much like Lee did the first time. Yeah, yeah. But he he looks like he's really like anxious, like, oh God, here we go. Like, really, do you need to do it when Amanda's here? Like, this is not mm. going to go well. <laughs> and Blue Leader comes over and he says, I want to thank you, Scarecrow, and you, Mrs. King. Victor was taken off flight 707 last evening and is comfortably in custody. Nightlight was arraigned early this morning and sends both of you his best. You can be sure the agency is proud of both of you. And they both thank him. And she's like, sir. <laughs> she's like, where do you talk to him when you talk to him? He's like, oh, well, usually I aim for the steering wheel. <laughs> she's like, sir, as long as I have you on the line, I wonder if I could just mention that I damaged my station wagon pretty badly. <laughs> in the uh, Well, yesterday in the whole mission. I was just I'm so wondering. Cute. I was hoping that we could, uh, you know, the agency would <laughs> make the repairs. And uh, she's all stuttering. <laughs> He's like, um, <clears throat> Amanda. He's like, he's gone. No, 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 no. I think we're on hold. And then Lee takes a moment. He looks at her and then he starts laughing. <laughs> His face. She's like, sir, hey, Mr. Leader, Blue Leader, sir. It's funny because she, I mean, it looks like Kate's about to laugh. And it looks like Bruce's laugh is really like a true laugh, yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really cute. And that's how it ends. That's really cute. It's super adorable. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, there's some that are like, eh, but this one is a good one. I like this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's one. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I like his genuine laugh there. It's really cute. So now is the part of the show where we check on the mail from Mrs. Marston. The first message that we have is from Nancy P. She says, listening to your service above and beyond podcast for a second time, I realized no one mentioned this episode. Surely took its inspiration from the 1946 Hitchcock film classic Notorious. The way Cary Grant played his role of U.S. government agent Devlin makes me think that Bruce Boxleitner must have watched Notorious while developing his nuanced depiction of Lee Sutton. Ladies, I learned something new from your comments every podcast. Gathering four SMK-loving good friends together who banter and tease each other along the way has me laughing right along with you. Thank you so much. That's sweet. Cute. Thank you, Nancy. Super cute. And we do love to bust each other up. <laughs> yeah. And rip on each other and, and tease. Yep. Thankfully, most of it ends up on the editing room floor because <laughs> yeah. it's a little raunchy. <laughs> but it is fun. It's all in good fun. And now you made me want to go watch Notorious again because it's probably mm -hmm. been 15 years since I've seen that movie. So now yeah. I need to go watch Cary Grant some more. I've never seen it. You've never seen no, Notorious? No, and I love no, Cary I Grant. Either. I love Cary Grant. Miranda, I feel like you always sound surprised when Taya says she hasn't seen yeah. something. <laughs> wow, thanks for throwing me under the bus yet again, Lexi. <laughs> I'm just saying you you I just don't see a lot of movies. That's fine. <laughs> wow, you really did throw me under the bus. You t you have not seen it either, Missy. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you have. We'll have to watch it at lunch or something. Yeah, it's a good one. I I, I like most most Hitchcock stuff, even though I don't really like horror. So it's so the second message that we have is from Sheila E on Facebook, and she's talking about the episode Lost and Found. She says, "I must say that I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. You all seem to perk up and really get into it, which makes it even better for the listener. 
I do find myself talking back to you and then realize that I'm an idiot and it's not an interactive thing. Having you compare the scripts to the shows is always an enjoyable part for me. What could have been versus what sometimes makes me sad for what we could have seen and sometimes grateful for not having to see it. The whole implication that Lee and Ava did more than make out, which was bad enough, while she is married would have made me hate him. Lexi, even though you continuously make me feel old, I do like and agree <laughs> with your opinion on most things. I can see why you think Dirk is cute, and I do think that Ava could be considered pretty. Obviously, Lee saw something in her at one time. Also, I find interesting things about the guest stars. I never knew Angelo was in West Side Story. Also, in researching Ava, looking for pictures to prove to a friend that she is pretty, that was me. I found, <laughs> I found out... <laughs> That Ava sings and is doing a cabaret show for her 70th birthday in November. Anyway, just wanted to let you all know that I'm still enjoying each and every episode. Please keep up the good work. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, Thank she, you. Sheila sent me pictures of Ava, what she looks like now and everything. And she's like, see, she was pretty. <laughs> and actually, a little trivia there. She's actually only two weeks younger than Kate. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So that is all we have for today's mail from Mrs. Marston. If you would like to comment about the show or anything that we have going on on the podcast, please send your email to Mrs. King's Chronicles at gmail.com or you can send us messages via Facebook or Twitter at MKC Podcast. After you're done reading or rereading my book, How Tall Are You? available on Amazon.com, I suggest you read something off Dottie's bookshelf wonder what they're recommending this time. Our first recommendation is called Benson's Revenge by Lee Lover 2. There are two versions of this story available. Uh, the first one is rated T for teen and one for uh, rated R. Uh, it's a little bit more mature. In this, David Benson returns seeking revenge on the man who put him away. And what better way than to use Amanda King to trap him? The real story unfolds once Benson is taken into custody. Our second recommendation is called A Little Fishing Expedition by Linda. This is an alternative tag for the mole, one where Lee Stetson has an inquiring mind about Amanda's date with David Benson. Is he jealous or just looking out for his partner? You decide. Both of these stories can be found on fanfiction.net, and as always, we'll link them on our website at mkcpodcast.com under the show notes. Ernie the Camera brings you the video vault for episode 15, The Mole. Let's see. In this episode, Lee's a little jealous as Amanda catches the eye of a fellow spy. Of course, he won't admit it, or does he? Just a little bit. I love it when he says David has good taste in remembering Amanda. The first video highlights Lee's feelings using the song Take Your Eyes Off My Woman by Willie Smith. This video is put together by Moxie's SMK Vids. This video is full of scenes from The Mole as Lee certainly wants David to take his eyes off his woman, even if he won't admit it yet. And as the song states, I'm sure Lee knows what's on his mind. This song is perfect for this episode as he sings, with that look in your eye, you can't be no friend of mine. The second video highlights all the creeps like David that Amanda has to deal with. David is not the first, and we all know that he will not be the last. And in the end, just like the video... Amanda shows she can handle them. The song is Heathens by 21 Pilots, and this video is put together by Taya or TJSMKLVR. <laughs> These videos can be found on, on YouTube, and we have provided links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. 
I'm so glad you used Heathens. That's literally one of my favorite SNK videos out there. I love that Thank song. You. And <laughs> I love, I mean, like, I'll never forget, like, Taya, you timed it so perfectly with that fist punch right from the water. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, the beat yep. drops and you just go. And I just love it. So, anyway, super glad you did that one, Jen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening to our discussion on Season 1, Episode 15, The Mole. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Google Play to be notified of new episodes. And you can always check out our website at mkcpodcast.com for our show notes, podcast schedule, and more. You can also find us on social media at our MKC Podcast Facebook page and private Facebook group, and also on Twitter at MKC Podcast. Tune in next time as we discuss Season 1, Episode 16, Savior. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.